None of the content on this or any episode of the Kratom Science Podcast, Kratom Science Journal Club, or on any page of KratomScience.com is intended, nor should it be considered medical claims or medical advice. This is the Kratom Science Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Gallagher, blog and social media writer for KratomScience.com, your source for all things Kratom. My guest is Paul Schexnader. You got police officers uh, standing up here reading paperwork that have no clue what they're talking about. Yep, that Paul Schexnader. He went before the Livingston Parish Council to fight for his right to sell and consume Kratom. He's a combat veteran, and he's joined by his wife and business partner, Fallon. Which branch of the military were you in? I was in the Army. You said you um, patrolled the poppy fields. Yes, that, that is correct. So we had multiple patrols. Uh, we would go look for munitions and caves, and then uh, we put on duties to uh, actually guard poppy fields. It was uh, in 2002 to 2004. That was like the heroin trade, right? That's where it was coming from. Yes, correctly. Uh, I believe it, it, they even made a, a movie about it was that uh, – the cash crop in the United States is cotton, and the only other place cotton can grow is Afghanistan. And America, America's definitely not going to allow uh, another country to take over their cash crop. So, yeah, I believe uh, you know the the opium trade's kind of kind of set up through the government. I believe. Uh, yeah, garden poppy fields is is that because you were trying to keep like the Taliban from controlling them? Oh, uh, going on there. It's kind of both ways. It's weird because you got the warlords that really are overseeing the directions of things uh, where they're going. They kind of control a lot. They yeah. uh, they dictate. They pay the people. Kind of tell them what they're gonna do, and they pay them uh, like thirty cents a day. Really? Wow. It's real poverty uh, stricken over there. So they're probably like uh, low key trying to steal some of that opium oh definitely yeah definitely you said you did have PTSD for a while and you had like some drug and alcohol addiction do you want to talk about that a little bit yeah so when I when I came back from Afghanistan uh I was angry and uh I kind of didn't know what to do you know as a as a I guess a functioning member of society so I kind of fell into the drugs and alcohol uh, to deal with issues going on. And then um, I actually became a, a drug dealer myself uh, through the process. And just my life was, was falling apart. And I was going in and out of rehabs. Uh, the last rehab I went to a couple of years ago was kind of when I found out about Kratom. And uh, I started taking it. And uh, it's, it's changed my life tremendously, uh, all for the better. You know, I have a great family, two great kids, I have a great career, and we also own uh, Sacred Rivers uh, Tico, which is a, a great a kratom company. Everything's going pretty well. You guys have a, a shop down there, or you just sell it online? So we we distribute it online, but we are moving into uh, the vape shops. We just uh, had a dinner last night. I sit down with a couple of vape shop owners to put our products in it so we're excited big time for that you know john griggs 
right? You are you guys uh, friends, or did you just meet for, through Kratom? Uh, we met through Kratom. Yeah, and I tell you what, uh, that's a that's a great guy. We we stayed up many a nights researching and just trying to get behind the agenda with the Livingston Parish Kratom ban to see what was going on. He's got a lot of good info, and he knows how to get it, man. I mean, it's like every time there's a story out, he got something. It's like something that I wouldn't think to look up. Even he already has it, and I'm like, I'm like, wow, this guy's a good asset for. He's doing the job that of a journalist that not a lot of journalists even do anymore. He's yeah, really good definitely at that. because they we reached out to the news organizations here, man. It's just it's like they didn't want to touch it. But after the ban attempt, they aired a series, but it was still biased, really, and bad reporting. Yeah, that was uh, Nola. I mean, I thought the one article was okay, but they were saying they were talking about that toddler that died, and there was like a lethal dose of tianeptine in the kratom, which is terrible. The headline though, kratom killed the baby. Exactly, and it, and it's not even the case. And then what we heard from there's a gas station right by the house that actually knew the girl that was involved in this whole situation, and they said she had been up for weeks on crystal meth yeah that is sad I, you know the sheriff testified and i covered this on the podcast so if everybody wants background go back and listen to the couple earlier episodes but they were saying you know oh people were mixing it with other drugs i really think people who use harder drugs maybe are trying this kratom stuff to get off or to at least uh, stop their withdrawals when they're trying to score some other opioids. Maybe it's possible. I guess th- they could use it to enhance the other opioids, but I don't know. That's uh, Honestly, that's the first I've ever heard of something like that. I- I've really never heard of it. And and John reached out to the sheriff's department to try to, to, go, try to get the uh, information because one of the officers said, yeah, we're, we're bu- making these busts with all these people and there's Kratom right next to the hard drugs. So he reached out to try to get the information, but they never responded. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, because <laughs> he said, well, they have to, by law, they have to list everything they find at the scene, guns, everything. Even So he's, like, trying to open records request them. He, he's been doing that a lot with a lot of uh, police departments who make these claims. That was the point, though, that you made at the at the hearing is if it's such a menace, how did you not hear about it in the city council? Exactly. And yeah. that's and we've been noticing the more uh, adversary work we do and, and speak with these council members or, or state uh, members. They have no clue what Kratom is until the paper comes across their desk. But if you ask them what all these other drugs are or anything else, they know what that is. But, and like I said, if it's if it's such a menace, people would know, you know what I mean? And that first responder stood up there and said, he's been a first responder for 20 years, but he has never seen any issues with Kratom yet. And it was kind of like a, he didn't realize what he said went against what they were trying to do. But he basically said, I've been a first responder for 20 years or however long it was. And he has yet to see a single issue with Kratom. So that should tell you right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot of these guys uh, make really good arguments for why it should be legal and regulated. Shane at the council meeting, Shane Mack, was saying, oh, you know, there's no quality control or whatever. 
people selling it in the parish at least have them have to produce uh, lab records or something. Exactly. There, there you go. That, they say, well, that would we don't have the enforcement. We have to wait for the state. But you have the you have the resources to send the police in there to arrest people for it. Exactly. Or they go in for the CBD products and stuff like that. So, I mean, they're already in there. So yeah. how hard would it be to, you know, just, hey, well, I'm in here checking CBD products to check Kratom products. And and I'm like this, too. If, if it's such a menace and it's causing this and there's so many adulterated products, then where are the police reports? Where is the, the crime scene going in there? They would they would have a company saying, hey, this company's producing adulterated products. We know it's bad stuff in here. They're not producing any of that. And there was even a study uh, of like Malaysian Kratom consumers. And if they switched from like meth and heroin to Kratom, I think it was like specifically for like HIV risks. So they would stop seeing hookers. They would stop uh, using needles because you don't need to with Kratom. They would just stop robbing Exactly. I mean, Kratom just, it benefits a, a lot of people. Everybody that we run into uh, through our company, uh, man, we hear so many great stories of of how they beat an addiction and, and just turn their lives around. That's what really drives us to be even a better company and meet more people like this and help them out. Do you guys sell extracts or is it or just plain leaf? We do sell extract, but... Uh-huh. Uh, Actually, since everything's been going on uh, on the state levels and and talking with a few people on Reddit, uh, we've actually been under consideration of really doing away with extracts and just selling just selling the leaf. I mean, I think they're all right, but you have to have like experience and Kratom now is like if booze just came out and they called it booze, you don't know the difference between beer and whiskey. And people go to the gas station, buy these shots, and do the whole shot. So, yeah, I definitely agree with you on that with, like, the vape shops uh, and the gas stations with the shots and the extracts. I mean, yeah, they're pretty strong. They're, they're really potent. And uh, I think you get a lot of new beginners that go in there and, and buy it because, I mean, that's where originally I started from, checking it out in smoke shops and stuff. And I think that it just needs to be a little more maybe restrictions on it as far as like who gets it or what more education on it really yeah definitely and that's what we've been trying to do but it's, it's weird because like google knocks you off I was watching the georgia testimony the other day and you could tell who just looked to the front page of google well the Mayo Clinic says this. Okay, that's the first one. And then they go to Harvard Health. And I'm like, yeah, that's the next one on Google. And if you read them closely, they're not saying, oh, this is going to kill you. They're just saying it doesn't have medical use yet. Exactly. And and that's like with marijuana. Uh, marijuana had no medical value, but yet the United States uh, made a patent on marijuana uh, for medical view in 2003. So. You know what I mean? And they've been, we've been fighting this for 100 years as no medical value, but yet look at us now, you know, with all the medical benefits. I think we'll be going through that same battle with, with Kratom, but I believe you're absolutely right. I mean, as that as that uh, detective in the Livingston Parish band was reading uh, straight off of one of those reports and couldn't even get it right. He had it backwards with the stimulating, and or he said something crazy like it's like meth. It's no, like, it's more like espresso, and then you feel good. 
there, I these mean, people trip me out. Yeah, I could tell. Yeah, because you're like, these guys don't know what they're talking about. And then Shane Mack was like, don't disrespect anybody. I'm like, I think they did it to themselves <laughs> first, man. Okay, well, let me let me go back. And, and I just wanted to ask, when did you first hear about Kratom and, and why did you start using it? So I heard about Kratom through my last rehab. And then uh, I heard about it, but I still never tried it. And then I was at work. I'd got out of rehab, doing good, back working in the plants. And uh, a buddy of mine was taking it. And he, he used to be a severe alcoholic. And he was like, man, this, this stuff got me quit drinking. Life's great. You should try it. And so I went and bought a bag of OPMS uh, silvers. And the first couple of times uh, I was kind of iffy with it but then uh it grew on me man and and i'm i'm so thankful for for that because i mean it just it just turned everything around to where you know i don't have any cravings to do anything i i don't even drink alcohol anymore honestly uh i just feel i i even feel like it makes you smarter oh were you on opioids i struggled with uh amphetamines and i struggled with Roxy's and uh, Oxy's back in the day, but my last lapse was uh, because of crystal meth. And and that helped with crystal meth too. See, uh, yeah, I'm wondering about that. They haven't looked into that as much. It's mostly been like the opioids and, and like traditionally it got people off of opium in Thailand and that's why they outlawed it there because the government was losing tax money. I know with the alcohol too because I'm like abstaining now. I'm kind of like on and off. I'm having kratom but i only have it like three days a week and it definitely i don't have a desire to drink especially on days i've had kratom it definitely cuts down even thinking about drinking exactly i i drank probably the first time in about four or five months and that was to celebrate after we beat uh livingston and even then it was just like a couple of glasses of wine and i was like oh i'm good yeah, that's some, that's pretty amazing. Cause I always ask people this that that have experience with uh, other drugs is if you ever had withdrawals on like um, meth or oxys, is it anything like kratom? Like when you stop using kratom, I would say it's worse. I mean, I remember going through those withdrawals from the roxys and oxys, man, and it and when you're laying in bed trying to sleep and you can't, and your arms are hurting, your legs and feels like you just want to take a chainsaw and, and chop your uh, limbs off. And then for quitting Kratom, I mean, it is a mild withdrawal, but it's it's nowhere near the physical and mental uh, addiction, you know, trying to quit. Because, I mean, I went through the ringer trying to quit crystal meth. And then even after quitting it, the cravings, the thoughts and everything that went along with it, you know, hey, just... Just go get some. It's all right. You can go get high again, you know. Mm-hmm. And then with the kratom, the kratom takes that all that away. I I don't I don't even think about doing that anymore. They're just gone. I don't even want to look at that that type of life anymore. I really wish they would listen. You're sitting up there and telling them your story, and then they're just kind of like, well. We're going to ban it. It it seemed like at first, that first meeting, Jeff Ard, I think he's the sheriff's brother, he even said, well, we don't want to straight up ban it. And then the next meeting, it seemed like they were all for ban it again. It was like all new people. Why is uh, that Shane Mack so insistent on uh, wanting to ban it? He's running for state representative. Oh, okay. Well, 
So we we did speak with a council member mm. who kind of let us in on the whole situation. Yeah. And uh, it was actually more political than it was about Kratom. They were thinking that this band would help their careers and moving up. Uh, I believe that's why they were dead set on it. That's what the real agenda behind it was, truly. Thank- thankfully, it didn't turn out like Ascension Parish. We had more council members in Livingston willing to really listen and get together, uh, hold their meetings, and really discuss it. It was kind of like a preset thing in Ascension Parish. If you go back and watch the videos, mm. I mean, the very first video in Ascension Parish, the council member said, no, when we banned Kratom, and then she realized she said that, so she was like, oh, if, if we banned Kratom. And... And it sounded like when we were there at Ascension Parish that it was no matter what you said, it was already a set planned agenda. Didn't people from Lifehouse Rehab testify there? They got some of the uh, members. Oh yeah, that was the that was the biggest opposition was uh, Lifehouse Rehab. They they probably had, I would say, ten to fifteen people come in. And I remember, and and I told my wife this. I said I remember when I was in rehab. And they would be like, hey, we got something. Uh, if you participate, you can get out the house or this and that. Well, being inside the house for 90 days or something like that, you, you're willing to do whatever to get out just to get some fresh air and see the real world for a little bit. So I know they were like, hey, y'all get out the house. Um, come say whatever. I got. I, I was bringing $400 worth of Kratom to uh, Livingston just in case Lifehouse showed up to say, hey, this is what you were consuming Yeah, in a day? They, somebody claimed they were spending $400 a day on Kratom. Yeah, so one of the Lifehouse guys was like, uh, yeah, uh, I spent I spend $400 a day in Kratom, and it's, it's completely ruined my life. But yet, I failed my initial drug screen for fentanyl. Uh, but I swear it was just Kratom. But yeah, I swear to God, it was just Kratom. That was what we we heard over and over and over from these uh, opposition from Lifehouse. Yeah, uh, I was spending all this money on Kratom, but but I failed my initial drug test for fentanyl. <laughs> I, I think a lot of it is that like that's that's when it first kind of occurred to me that oh okay you're lying to your wife about what drugs you're doing uh i forget what state i think it was one of the um mississippi counties the one lady was like my husband spent nine hundred dollars a week or something or a day i forget and it just occurred to me oh he's telling her he's doing the legal one i'm only doing the legal one so i can't get arrested so don't worry about that part honey kratom it's kratom i swear yeah yeah i swear to god it's kratom it's it's nothing else but and i remember those days i would lie i would lie and and just do whatever you know uh to make people believe otherwise so what do you know about the connection between Sheriff Ard and Lifehouse? Yes, yeah, so uh, Jason Ard received uh, $6,300 from Smith Tank and, uh, and Steel. Mm-hmm. And they also the founders of Lifehouse Rehab, which was the opposition and in Ascension Parish. And then what also is interesting is that uh, property tax from Ascension Parish goes to these treatment centers. 
yeah. so it, it just it just looks fishy you know what i mean and then you got ascension parish reaching out to their next door neighbor uh, in livingston saying hey you guys need to ban this kratom that's what it seems to happen. It goes from county to county. Like in Illinois, it was, there's a couple small towns right next to each other that started banning it or trying to ban it. And yeah, like Mississippi, they started in like Northeast and it, it started like working their way down. It's like a virus of uh, Kratom bands. Definitely. And I think, I think this Livingston Parish was a, a great victory because now that gives us the opportunity to, if, if let's say another parish or county brings it up you know we yeah we have a leg to stand on to where we can say hey well look at livingston parish obviously if it was so bad they would have banned it but they didn't and it's weird that some of these sheriffs in mississippi there was a it was like the lowndes county crime and addiction task force it was all cops going around lobbying to make something illegal so they could arrest more people. I, they were up there saying all this stuff, and it was clearly the guy was fumbling over his words about the, it's like meth and all this stuff, and they weren't doing what they were trying to do. I would have felt bad for the guy because he clearly didn't know what he's talking about. And and then you stood up at the end, and, and you were just, you have had it. And <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. So if, if you got something, we really need to move on to the next agenda item, but you're welcome to come on up and make one quick, short statement. Um, I, think, I think this is, this is ludicrous. As a, you got police officers uh, standing up here reading paperwork that have no clue what they're talking about. Absolutely no clue. But that's not disrespect to anybody in this, in, in so this chamber right here right citizen. now. I understand that. Citizen. I agree with you. You're just about to make me a criminal. Is all I gotta say. It's and when I get arrested and my little two children, I gotta go do jail time. It's it's because of y'all, and that's ridiculous. Okay? I'm sorry yeah. you feel that I'll way. I need this for you too. I appreciate Life that. House rehab and, and you, Jason Hart. Hey, you're probably gonna need to leave right now. Okay. <laughs> so can you describe like how how you like frustrating it was to sit there? And, and listen to that. <laughs> so I had, I had the vibe of the room to where I felt that they were trying to pull a fast one. They were trying to uh, go ahead and sweep the rug and make this band attempt happen without all the council members. Uh, and they were, they were trying to vote it. And I, and I saw right through it and I'm like, there's no way I'm allowing these people to do that. And I had enough. And I think their mistake was allowing me to come back up there because, <laughs> <laughs> because I, I came up there with a vengeance. And, um, <laughs> yeah. And, and it's true, though. It's true because here I am, a law abiding citizen. I have two small children. I have a family mm-hmm. to take care of. And then now all of a sudden, at a stroke of your pen, I'm a criminal uh, over something that's natural. I just think it's absurd. With a lot of laws, it's just like, I think these people just get bored and like, hey, what can we arrest people for now? A lot of these people don't, even on the state level, they don't seem to think about it that much. And they're just like, okay, this is bad. Let's ban it. I only heard of it two weeks ago. What happened? I heard that some shady shit happened after that meeting that night. Yes. So when I left, I was followed by Livingston Parish from the courthouse all the way almost to my house. And then the very next morning, 
my wife went outside to bring my oldest to school and we had a Livingston Parish uh, Sheriff's Department vehicle sitting right outside uh, in front of our house. Wow. And we live we live in city limits, so the sheriff's office is out of their uh, jurisdiction. So that, but that ordinance would have affected you guys, though, because I heard them saying, "Well, if it's in the municipality, I guess it depends which municipality." So it wouldn't have directly affected us at first, but I believe I believe they would have definitely called whoever they needed to call and and get all that changed. So in the end, I think it would have definitely affected us. If they're gonna go around arresting people for having it, you might have had to drive a couple blocks one way or the other and you'd be a criminal too. So yeah. Exactly. And what I found h- hilarious in the whole ordeal was that they kept saying, oh, we're just going to change uh, Ascension Parish to Livingston Parish. But yet you got everybody up there saying how they're going to make it criminal. He said that he is going to just take where it said Ascension Parish on theirs and said they're just going to change at the top to Livingston Parish. And he said, I'm going to ban the sale. I'm going to ban the possession just like Ascension Parish did. Ascension Parish did not ban the possession of it yep they just they just banned the sale of it they didn't even look or read or know what they were talking about whatsoever they were just going to put their name on that ordinance on the ascensions ordinance that's right i heard that too because i mean i did write a blur about ascension they just banned the sale which and and just when you're telling your story about how it helped you and I'm like, he's not lying to you. Like, well, why aren't you taking that side of it under consideration? Yeah, I just think they have their motives and agendas, uh, and it's already a, a, a pre-planned deal. And that's yeah. why me and John, we started digging. Uh, we wanted to find out why. Why all of a sudden uh, these band attempts when when they've been selling Kratom in, in most of these places for years. And, and it's the same thing over and over. It's like, uh, we want to protect the children or Kratom so adulterated it's killing everybody. But yet more people overdose on drinking water per year than you have uh, deaths from Kratom. And a first rep- responder says he has not had one. Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, and then all the reports that, that come, you know, it's always mixed with other drugs. Fallon, did you start using Kratom uh, about the same time as Paul? No, I started consuming Kratom about a year after he did. Mm -hmm. I was on like antidepressants and all these, you know, big pharma medications. And when I saw the change that it made in his life for the better, that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to try this. And then I got off of all of that stuff that, you know, gave me horrible side effects. I mean, I would never go back to it. I switched to Kratom and it changed my life for the better, too. And and I think Paul had mentioned, too, it's like stuff that they give you, they add medication on top of it side of, for right. the side effects yep. for the medication. I remember my sister had cancer a while ago and that's what happened mm-hmm. with her. They just kept piling on. It was like the treatment was worse than the cancer. Right, right, yeah. and then the side effects, and then you can't sleep, and then this, and then that, and they just keep piling it so you have a, a sheet long of medications you're taking, and you're barely functioning. 
you don't have to go sit in a doctor's office and wait for, for a prescription and pay them a hundred dollars or whatever. Yeah. And I think that might be part of it. <laughs> Big pharma thing is they're losing customers. It's so ingrained in the system that big big pharma doesn't have to necessarily pay everybody off because they're already gonna go after stuff that's like new and scary. And meanwhile, I was just make, trying to make the point today is like there are people who have died from green tea extracts. They they took too much of that, had a liver toxicity. People don't go around trying to ban green tea, which most people can drink without killing themselves. All right, possibly. <laughs> exactly. I mean. It, it, and like Gary Talbert said, you know, in the first meeting, uh, anybody can abuse anything. You know, you can go to the gas station, buy 20 Red Bulls and drink them all mm-hmm. and have a heart attack or, or take too much pre-workout. Same thing with alcohol. I mean, you go there and you can buy, abuse it. You can you can abuse anything. So it's just up to the individual, really. But I think Gary Talbert was the one that said, you can't protect people from being stupid. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he, and that was probably the greatest statement ever. Yeah, he and got an true. applause from that. Yes, he yeah, did. he did. And it's true. And see, I think people try to find that scapegoat. Like, it's, it's sad that, you know, the, the parents are going through stuff like that. Um, but they just try to find something, I guess, to where it I gives them that. I want to be honest with the fact that it was adulterated. They don't want to accept the fact that their child was doing something else or, I mean. Yeah. I mean, I lost, I lost my younger brother. Uh, he graduated. Uh, I, I remember dropping him off to rehab. Yeah. I dropped him off from day one. And then, uh, the day he graduated, uh, six months later, he left the rehab, went and, um, went and got a shot, uh, and overdosed. You wow. know, and it's uh, and I remember my parents trying to blame this or that, right? You know, and it's I guess it's kind of hard coming to the terms. I I believe you know it's 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 in the reports that even the the corner from Livingston Parish even said that it's always it's it's mixed with something else. I've seen one so far that it might have been the only thing, but I don't know if they tested for. T and Eptine, because that's they only started testing for that a couple years ago, I think, in some of these lab reports. We learned about Zantac. We had our oldest, the doctor she was going to, was saying, "Oh, yeah, it's fine if you get heartburn, take Zantac." Well, our son has GI issues now, mm. and then a year after his birth, Zantac had all these lawsuits for causing uh, unborn babies to have GI issues and and health complications and all kind of stuff the biggest problem with kratom is like i think everybody on the pro kratom side admits there's problems with lead and stuff like that you had a good idea though you said your company wanted to put i I don't know if you already do this but a, a qr code with the lab test results on on every bag yes we're we're changing everything over to like professional bags so all our bags will have a QR code where it'll go directly to our website. And per that batch, we'll have the uh, lab results. So anybody, no matter where you buy it, uh, you know what you're getting. So, and, and that follows the, the KCPA to where you list everything, what it is, a QR code to where it brings you right to the lab. 
you you know exactly what you're getting. Are you able to measure like the mitragynine too, or is that for contamination and metals? Um, so you can you can measure that. Uh, you can measure the seven hydroxy. You can measure the bacteria, the yeast, the mold, anything in it, the heavy metals. So you can you can get a whole lab result on it that'll basically tell you. And we we actually uh, received bad kratom from Indonesia before that I ended up throwing away. I didn't like the lab results. It just wasn't worth it. You know, a bad kratom is just bad kratom. You got to get rid of it. That's awesome. Like, I wish every company would do that. And I think, I hope people start saying, hey, where's your, because it'll put people to go the extra mile. You know, you're being careful and being clean and all that stuff. And you said you do like GMP practices, but are you officially GMP? So we're not officially GMP. Yeah. But uh, as far as like food practices and stuff like that, I mean, you can, you can Google it. Find out exactly what they are uh, and implement it on yourself, basically. And that boils down to like we were just talking about with it's basically integrity. Like if you're really passionate about Kratom and you know what it's done for your life, you just take that energy and put it into like we put it into a company. So we're just as passionate as we take our Kratom to our company. So we want to be the best. Like, on the one hand, there's vendors like that that have the best of intentions and want to make it their life's work to help people with this plant. And then there's people that put T and Eptine in Kratom. And they do. And, and what's sad, we actually was working with somebody a while back trying to distribute, and I got a text message saying, hey, man, sell me some bulk so I can put this T and Eptine in it and make my Kratom better. And the day I got the text was the day I completely blocked this guy and cut ties. We will not let that be what our company is And I was just blown away by that text. And that's the type of people that, that really uh, shouldn't even be allowed to <laughs> to sell Kratom. Yeah, exactly. I can't believe they did. You, like, you have a chance to be legit, find good stuff. And like you did, like that's integrity throwing it out. I mean, you, you probably lost. I mean, you definitely lost money on that. I don't understand how how people are like that. Like there was this one company, they test Virginia Commonwealth University that the scientists went around to the local stuff and just sampled what was in the shops, and they had a level of manganese in their kratom drinks that was poisonous. And that stuff, you need a ton of that to poison because it's like a natural supplement it was like why are you doing that kratom is just fine on its own exactly i think i think really it just boils down to some people being lazy and they just want to make the quick buck the greed factor yeah it's just the greed factor and that's that's like with any other industry you got you got those people that just want to make that quick buck think they'll get rich overnight but but the true test is you know is the long game it's hard you know i remember yeah. the day we thought we were gonna hey we're gonna open this cream company it's, it's gonna be easy and i tell you what it's been hard work every day uh since then you know to just get better and better and better well i knew about kratom 10 years ago and a, and a buddy of mine who uh, used to be a big drug dealer uh, for he was doing all the doctor shopping and everything. And he got busted, went to jail, got out of jail. 
uh, and was and was using kratom. I knew about it, but I didn't know about the the true benefits of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then I wish I would have, because it would have saved me a, a lot of heartache and pain <laughs> later down the road. But I, I mean, I guess it all it all works out in the end, really. Where you're supposed to be at the at the moments, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it makes us who we are. Oh, uh, definitely. How do you think the whole kratom movement could improve? I would say just education and and more people being aware. I think what really upset me the most, and this is what I really believe needs to improve, is we printed out tons of flyers. I mean, we probably printed out ten thousand flyers, and I, we brought them all over to these different vape shops. And some of the vape shop owners just seemed like they didn't care. Then we had a lot that weren't on board and that were passing them out to their customers. But we didn't have any customers, uh, the consumers. We didn't have any consumers show up for the Livingston Parish Band. And I think that's kind of upsetting is that you have have people that consume it, but I guess can't take the time to, to stand up where they're consuming yeah, definitely. And, and I think they had that problem in Atlanta, too. They were saying there were just wasn't enough. I mean, there was a lot of good speakers at that. That thing was four hours. I still haven't watched the whole thing, but oh, man, there was a lot of good guy. speakers. But they were oh, yeah, that guy was great. He was awesome. He brought it home, man. That dude, I give him major props. That's been the biggest issue. I know people have busy lives. They work and stuff, but I work a second job. So, I mean, I took I got a pay cut, uh, demotion, everything. Through the wow. process of this um, Livingston Parish ban, but there was just no way I was I was backing down, and I think more people have to be dedicated. Just say, hey, look, I got to leave work. I got something to do. I think people really need to take it seriously and just advocate, advocate more, become more aware. And I think, I think there's a lot of users that are not online, not in like Reddit or Discord, that do go to the smoke shops, vape shops, gas stations, or whatever. And I think more owners of those establishments, I need to be reached out to education and just further teach the consumer. I think we need a lot more people that, I mean, it's kind of like your duty. If you use Kratom, you got to stand up for it and you got to fight. Take it from a combat veteran. He knows what fighting and sacrifice is all about. Thank you, Paul and Fallon Sheck Snyder, Sacred Rivers Tea Company. Please give us a share on social media and like, subscribe, comment, and all that. But not before you write the sponsors of these Kratom Bills. Music is Risey. The song is Memories of Thailand. Kratom Science Podcast is produced by me, Brian Gallagher, for KratomScience.com. Take care.